This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When it comes to LASIK, Dr. Boutros and the Eye Center have led the way for the past 25 years. Today, this tradition continues by being one of the few practices in the country to offer you iDesign 2.0, using the same technology as the NASA James Webb Telescope. And in the hands of an elite surgeon like Dr. Boutros, more patients are seeing 2020 or better after LASIK. Right now, enjoy 20% off iLASIK with iDesign. Go to theeyecenter.com or call 888-844-2020. Some restrictions apply. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast. I hope you're doing well. My name's Omer. Joining me is my co-host, Mr. Kai Bennett. You right, pal? Who's Kai? <laughs> you're here, mate. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> good, to, good to be back, mate, actually. I just thought I'd tune into the pod the other day. Nicky said there was a little funny bit at the end, so I thought, well, I'll, I'll listen to the whole one and then I'll tune into the little, little comment at the end. But yeah, it was, it was good, mate. It was good. You doing well? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Look forward to your trip to the Medeski Stadium on Saturday. Is it called the Medeski Stadium these days? Oh, no, it's called me? the Select Car Leasing Stadium. What a mouthful. Fucking bollocks, that. That whole <laughs> stuff is bollocks. We mean you spoke about it on another podcast a few times before, I'm sure. Um, stadium renamings. To me, it's the Medeski Stadium. Look forward to it, of course. The uh, Den is the best name, though. So, What's that, sorry? The Den's the best name. Of course, the den will only be the name as well. It'll, one day it'll be called what maybe the Checker Trade Den or something. <laughs> yeah, the um, 
the Carling Den. Or the Manzi's Den. I think that's the only yeah. one that probably go down well with all fans, the Manzi's Den. Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, guys, if you're new around here, this is um, that little podcast. We're talking in length about our game on Saturday against Reading and also talk about some general misc news from the den involving Alex Aldridge returning to the den as director of football slash director of recruitment. Uh, we'll go obviously into other depths of injuries, updates, hopefully some positive ones to talk about as well. And yeah, I think that's probably about it. If you're new around here, be sure to subscribe, like the video and obviously give us some feedback and comments, good and bad. I think I've got a bit of stick on the last show um, in, the sh- in the comments on YouTube regarding my thoughts on Rowett. I guess, Kai, we'll go straight into it now. Why not? Should we address that now? Um, in your opinion, let's let's go. Because I love all the comments, by the way, good and bad. And I don't even take it in a bad way if it's um, a criticism of what I've said. Because I think I'm quite keen to say, you know, we do this podcast, we put our thoughts out there. And at times, it is in the heat at the moment, off the back of disappointing results, including that one against Blackpool that sticks in the memory after. And I think that was, for me at the time, almost the final nail in the coffin for him. Um, but the turnaround from the manager and the team in general for the last four games in particular, it's been great to see, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, I just think I was talking about it um, a little bit earlier and I think it's, I think potentially it's down to a little bit more freedom. They, the players have allowed to, you know, players have allowed themselves almost like, you know, with, after the Fulham game, you know, said 17 games to go, you know, 17 uh, matches to go and we'll, we'll look to enjoy them. And I think the players are enjoying their football and I think that may be the difference. Um, they're just sort of allowing themselves to express themselves a bit more, and I think we're we're seeing the the benefits of that. We're seeing that we have got a good team, and we can let the players play with a bit more freedom, and 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 they'll get results for us. No, definitely. I think um, obviously Fulham after that game, he kind of came out the words of you know seventeen games left to go, and after that point, we've obviously won the, the next four, and I think he kind of said he was laying a gauntlet down to the players. I do feel like he's. I, did, I said it in the last show, and and I think he came across in quite not a critical tone, but, you know, looking for the kind of devil's advocate to the story, like I said at the time, you know, I do feel like he's been forced to play this card. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that, you know, Bury's in the team on merit to now to an extent, because obviously Bennett is back and I'd be surprised if Bury's dropped on Saturday, for example. Obviously, Bennett is now injured as well, so Bury should be playing. Obviously, you know, the likes of Mitchell at first wasn't fancy in the midfield at the start of the season, but, you know, injuries have made him have that chance in midfield and he's kept his shirt I guess, you know, circumstantial is, is quite a thing in football. Um, but I, I can't fault the manager in that sense where, you know, we're, we're now on the run and it's the, the players and the manager seem to be in unison at the moment with the way we're playing. And what feels like it's changed to me, mate, is defensive resilience has come back, but also we're playing more on the front foot, I feel like. And I feel like that's only going to do us a world of goods in games like hopefully on Saturday. Yeah, we've almost taken the break off, haven't we? We've almost let the, the hand, take the hand break off and, and let the players, you know, well, express themselves, and I think it's I think it's doing a really good job at the moment. We've got we've got a really good side um, in terms of quality, um, and you know, in terms of like you know, without without all the injuries, that the depth of the squad I think is quite good. Mm-hmm. If you've got a full squad, I mean, you've got a lot of lots to choose from off the bench as well. Obviously, injuries have hindered us a little bit. Well, quite a lot this season. We've been really unlucky. I think the other day, Hutchinson and Mason Bennett coming off was the twenty second injury we've had all season. So okay. we've had twenty two injuries. But obviously, some to the same player. Um, but it's an unreal amount of injuries. Isn't um, the stat, so it's buying, isn't it every outfield player but for Billy Mitchell have had an injury this season? Yeah, it is that, wow. yeah. It's mad, <laughs> isn't it? It's absolutely crazy. Like, if you think about it, like, even players that never get injured, like Jeb Wallace or mm-hmm. Jake Cooper, are still pick, are picking up injuries. Yeah. I mean, before last year, I know Hutch got, got injured 
obviously last year and the the, the, the classic one of taking out the bins. But you know they 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 don't really get injured. Them players, you know, Coops went on that mad run of like 130 games. Jeb Wallace is always seems to play through like injections or anything to basically get on the pitch. Um, so yeah, it's been a weird season in terms of that. We don't actually know why. I hope I'm assuming that's their. I'm assuming that Mill's priority is to find out why, because obviously we don't want that again this season. Um, but it'll be interesting to see why that that is, if we you can can come to an, a conclusion. Um, but maybe it's just the fact that the players are putting in a lot of hard work, and maybe their recovery is not the best. But potentially, I don't know. Um, I mean, someone said the other day, I think it was Gary actually after the game, Gary Rowett, he said uh, that after the Sheffield United game, he said that the the training the the ground at the Den right now, I can't remember which way it was. But the training ground pitch is very soft and the den pitch is very hard or vice versa. I can't remember which way he said it. Right. And maybe that's the diff maybe that's what's happening here. Like they're used to playing on one surface and they go into the den playing another, and then they come back and playing on another, and it's just sort of, you know, messing them up a little bit. Um, and it's just, you know, see everyone likes a bit of a uh, like, you know, continuity and maybe the difference in pitch at the den and the training ground is slightly different. Maybe that's why they're picking up injuries. Like that's what I think that's what he was alluding to. Um, but yeah, it's madness. It's it's mad. Um, but hopefully we can get get out of the rut in terms of injuries and get start getting players back. And once we do, I mean we've had good news on Bennett and Hutch today, haven't we? So that's better news than I was expecting, especially on Hutch after he, he really did hobble off. Uh, Bennett seems to always do these little ten seven to ten day injuries, so I wasn't surprised to hear that. Uh, but Hutch is really good news. Yeah, I mean you you literally took the word out of my mouth there with Hutch, obviously. I think I put a tweet out earlier today that I think with him in the team, we can see something like 0.93 goals per game on average um, or 9.96. And then without Hutch, it's 1.11. There's obviously a clear difference there. He missed nine games so far this season, which, yeah, I agree with you. He's normally an ever-present. I think at first when he came to the club, I remember him breaking down with injuries at the time and, you know, he wasn't used to playing a significant amount of games, but he has been an ever-dependent in the side. Um, and he is a big miss when he's not there. I think I put it down to, I think we've said before on the show, Kai, maybe a year or so ago, you know, we say we miss him when he's gone. Like, we don't really appreciate him as much when he's there. I think recently I started to appreciate him a lot more because um, he's just an ever-present and consistent with his tackles. And, you know, he's not too bad about his feet either. Um, but I feel like he's one of those players you miss more when he's out of the team and you kind of underappreciate when he's in the team, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I think what he is so good at, Hutchinson, is reading the play. Um, the amount of times this season, last season, uh, since Gary's probably come in, I don't think he did it so much under Neil Harris, but I don't know whether it's a bit of a, one of them things that Gary's tried to get into him and, and Coops, I don't know. Um, but he steps out of defence so well to almost like mark his defender. Instead, when he potentially used to, he might have used to maybe shove the defender and grab hold of him. Now he's looking just to try and get in front of him and, and, nip, and nip in before the guy gets the ball, before the, mm -hmm. the striker or player gets the ball. And he's doing that so well. And as soon as he does that, the op opposition are on the back foot because he's got the ball. Obviously, a couple of their strikers, wingers, are making runs and they've gone. And then, you know, we've got an overload and it's, it's, dang it's, it's dangerous. And Hutchinson has done so well with that. I mean, he started the goal for the first goal for QPR against QPR, didn't he, with um, Jed pinging one over to Malone, Malone into Bennett. Um, I remember last year, the ball that he played into Thompson, I think it was against Birmingham at home, 2-0. That ball was outrageous, the way he got the ball down the flank and just ran with it, basically, and put a great ball in. And yeah, Hutch has is, Hutch is done so well under you know since he's come to the club. And I think especially the last couple of years, we've really started to see Hutch flourish. And you know, I think I think Hutch flourishes in the five of the back because he is allowed that more freedom, a bit more freedom to go forward. Definitely. And I think I think the 
maybe the discredit I'm saying where he's not really appreciated inside. He, he brings other players, you know, Cooper scores goals, gets the headlines, obviously for that. Uh, Murray Wallace seems to be doing Cruyff turns every other game and, you know, seems to stand out a bit more for that reason as well. But I do think he's never present and he's probably that leader by example as well, which we always talk about. So I suppose looking to Saturday Kaido, we've got a ready-made replacement on the bench in Dan Ballard. I mean, first, it'd be great to see him back in the side and hopefully he's fit to play Saturday. I've not heard of any injury news to him just yet, but let's not rule anything out at this point. Uh, it's going to be an interesting one, but in a weird way, it is a good challenge for Ballard to come into the side and hopefully he brings, you know, a bit of confidence to his game like he had before his injury. And he looks all right, then he gets Sheffield United when he first when he came off for that half-hour spell. So hopefully he can come in and hit the ground running and maybe feel like we won't miss Hutchinson for that three-week period. No, definitely. I think Ballard is is a ready-made replacement, a ready made replace, uh, replacement uh, for Hutch. Uh, only thing with it is it's, this is what seems to be the bit of a thing about our season. If we get one back, we lose one. You know, we mm-hmm. get, get, we get, Ballard back, we lose Hutch. We get um, we get Benick back, we lose Bennett. You know, and it's it's one of them things in the season. And we were saying earlier how we expect Tyler to start, do expect Benick to start because of that. But we're going back to Ballard. I think Ballard was so key in the, probably the first. Well, when did he get injured? I think he got injured December, didn't he? So he's he's was so key up until then. Uh, Saturday comes on and he looks like he's never been gone, doesn't he? The fact that he, he won so many in the air. Um, he just—he was just brilliant. Everything he did was class, um, and I was really impressed with him again on Saturday because come back from an injury like he had. I mean, it's not—it's not the worst in the injury someone can have, but it's still still quite a, a long-term injury. Uh, he was out for two—I think it was eight, ten weeks. So it's, it's still a good time out, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, he's done really well coming back into the side. He did well in under-23s games and some behind closed doors fixtures they had before. Um, you know when he was recovering, but yeah, Saturday he looked like he'd—he uh, he seamlessly fitted back into that that back five. The last game he played was 27th of November. So what's yeah. that? December, January, February. Basically almost three months. So yeah, it's a lengthy layoff. And you're right, obviously, he's come back in and hit the ground running like I agree with. And hopefully it continues on Saturday. I think he also offers that bit of class on the ball. You know, we were saying about Harch, but obviously Ballard is almost like a ready-made replacement, just a bit taller than him. So yeah, it should be exciting there. I mean, for the forward line, obviously we mentioned about Bennett, uh, Bennett being injured and Bennett coming back in. I, I do feel for out in that sense because... Obviously, we played Fulham, we lost 3 0. Then he's gone for this, you know, 2 uh, 2 1 win against Cardiff. He went for Burke and a phobia up front with Wallace in the 10, you know, kind of trying that for the first time. And you, you look at the three of them Burke, Wallace, and a phobia, real pedigree at a championship level as well, and been around for a little while and kind of made a name for themselves. Burke, not so much, but he's obviously quite keen to put the wrongs right in his career. But then gets injured in the first half of that game, comes in Bury, Bury takes his chance. And then the next game, we're playing uh, Derby. And then, obviously, by that point, we've not got Benicophobia because I think he got injured, didn't he, as well? So it's like, where where, where is the kind of, you know, the opportunity for um, Riot to pick a settled, settled 11 and a settled striking force, mate? It's, it's tough, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And it's I think it's credit to the players and Gary Rowett that we've done so well in these last four matches because it's been there has been quite a lot of changes. Um, don't think we've named... Well, obviously, Blackburn, obviously, we didn't play. So, we named an unchanged side for the next game. But I think every other game since then, we've had someone different in the side. I could be wrong on Saturday, actually. Maybe it was the first Derby. unchanged 11 I've seen in a long time on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. So, But, you know, a lot, lot of the time this year, we have had to change the, the team, whether that be, you know, that, that most of the time that, that his hands have been forced to do that. Um, so, no, I think, I, think that's credit to, I think that's credit to Gary and the players. The last couple of games have been superb. And Saturday... 
okay, there wasn't, you know, both teams didn't show that much quality and we, we took our chance. But what I was so impressed with on Saturday was the grit and determination to, to see the win out after we got the, the goal because we looked so, they did, you could see they, they were knackered. They were absolutely knackered after um, probably 65, 70 minutes and they just stuck at it. And that's what, that's all we ask as fans, just to keep trying, keep going. And they got their awards. Definitely. I feel like the one big changing factor, I feel like when I'm looking through the statistics in the last few games, it's the shots on goal. We played Blackpool, we gave away five shots on goal and Bart was forced to make a few saves. And I think we played Sheffield United and they only had two shots on goal in the whole game. Um, by shots on goal, I mean shots on target. It's I feel like the defence is doing their bit, obviously throwing their bodies on the line and, you know, like you say, kind of giving everything they've got to try and get over the line and win the game. But it's just that kind of defensive resilience we've not really seen this season. And, you know, clean sheets are starting to appear now. Obviously, we've got one on Saturday. We've got one against QPR. Um, there's starting to be a little bit of a kind of rolling motion, especially in the home games. I think three in our last four home games have kept clean sheets. I guess the challenge now, mate, is to go up to or go sideways to Reading or whatever way you want to look at it geographically um, and just kind of get a good clean sheet on the road and hopefully a couple of goals go with it. Oh, absolutely. And I think we're more than capable of doing it. I was, um, Paul was saying today how, you know, they, his sides uh, lack, lack of uh, discipline. Um, and he's, he's almost seen in the first couple of games in charge, almost like a bit of a basketball match. What he meant by that was they attack, they defend, they attack, they defend. There's no middle ground. Mm-hmm. They seem to attack and then they, they get counterattacked. So, you know, as a, as a team like we are, if we can get the first goal, it'll be crucial, I think, because they'll attack and hopefully our defence stand, stand strong. And then when we do get the ball, we've got so much such pace to go forward and hurt them on the counter. And, you know, if we if we get it right a couple of times, we, we could score a couple of goals easy. Definitely. Mill kept three clean sheets on the road this season. Can Kai name all three clean sheets? Uh, right, this is difficult, this one. Uh, you've, you've really put me in, put me in here. Um, and if you're listening or you're watching be sure to maybe pause the pod because I'm going to give you the answer in a second um, and see if you can guess in the comment section below what's the three clean sheets that we've um, kept so far this season away from home oh this is really difficult this one Uh, right let me have a think let me have a think Um, one was New Year's just before New Year's backs against the wall performance oh uh, one was Barnsley yeah Barnsley happened yeah that's true Um, Mogul is stepping up in the last minute just just before oh Coventry yeah Coventry Um, and third one was it the, the third one is a very forgettable game, and you kind of forget we played that game early in the season um, and got a nil nil. Was it, it Blackburn? We didn't concede against them. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Um, we got an unforgettable nil nil, did we? Yeah, because I kind of forgot we played them away this season already. To be honest, um, who is it? I can't I don't know. They play in Wales. Uh, is it uh, Swansea? Yeah, we drew a nil-nil at Swansea. I, I can people got that game happened too, to be fair. Correct. I think it was in September, mid-September at the time. Um, and obviously, we think we just got our initial win against um, Blackpool early in the season. Um, obviously, we waited for that win. And then I think we might have had one home game and then had that Swansea trip. And it was, yeah, kind of forgot about, to be honest, at the time. But there you go. Three clean sheets away from home. Hopefully, we can make it a fourth on Saturday. Um, and hopefully, kind of keep this momentum going, mate. I mean... Are you, what kind of team is we expecting? I said, obviously, I'll refer to a phobia being available for selection again. He wasn't risked on Saturday. And I think Wright said he was only on the bench purely as a last-minute kind of thing if we needed him in the game. And obviously, we had the injury in the first half with Bennett, but he didn't bring him on at the time. Um, I, don't, I don't know how much I believe of that. I guess he's probably thinking, you know, at, at, what, at this point, he's probably available for selection. But with Bennett getting injured and we don't know how severe that will be, he needs to think long-term at the time and thinking, going to game got ready and we need him available, I suppose, with the options limited. 
Um, do you think he'll be back in on start 11 on Saturday, Benekobi? I think he might be. Um, mm. It depends whether he wants to play a 5 3 2 and play the extra man in the midfield or play a 5 2 3 and play that extra man up top. I, I think he'll play Benek. That's my sneaky suspicion. I've got a feeling if he's thinking, obviously, Benek's injury, fortunately, is only a couple of weeks, it seems. Um, and with that in mind, obviously, we've got Reading this week, this weekend. I think we've got Blackburn Tuesday night. And obviously, then we've got Middlesbrough on Saturday at then. So after that, you've got Middlesbrough and Stoke and then an international break. So what's that? A block of five games. You want a Phobie fit for all five. And obviously, Bennett being injured, Burke being injured, Freeman being injured, Ojo being injured. Going up to this kind of five run of five games for the international break, if we still want to be within the touching distance of the playoffs, I'm a, I think, you know, even talking about it is, you know, something I couldn't have had four games ago. I suppose you want to win maybe three of them and get nine out of 15 points, maybe eight out of 15, win three, win two and draw two and lose one. Um, but you still want to be in and around it, don't you, Kai? So a part of me feels like with the manager's nature, I feel like, you know, he might be thinking longer term. And it wouldn't surprise me if I saw George Evans playing in the midfield three with obviously Jed and maybe Bury up front on Saturday. I don't know what you reckon. Um, the first point is you're not backing us to win nine in a row. I mean, if we if we won nine in a row between now and international break, cool, come on, let's think of a a, a forfeit. No, I can't do it. I'm not going to commit because it could happen. I, you never know. But come on, do it because I'm I'm doing. It looks like I'm doing my Bournemouth one at the end of the season. You got to do it. <laughs> you got you got to do it. <laughs> I'll do a dirty well, pint. I'll, 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 do, I'll do a dirty pint that um, you and Mickey can make a contraption for for me of all sorts of drinks if we do nine in a row by the international break. How about that? Sounds good to me. Or how about because Mickey's not here, we could just choose one for him. <laughs> That's fair, isn't it? Um, what are you thinking? What, what for Mickey? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's difficult. Come on, you suggested it. you got to have one on the top of your head that you got to think of. Well, I was thinking the classic old ice bucket challenge. But it's, <laughs> probably not, it's probably not cold enough, is it, for that? We'll get him to do maybe the cinnamon challenge. How about that? <laughs> yeah, good shout. But yeah, back to the team news. I mean, I'm expecting... I'd like to see a phobia start. I'm personally a fan of us playing... It takes a lot of ingredients to fix or build a car. Like cooking, but without the frozen dinner, easy way out eBay Motors has 122 million parts. It's always the right fitment, so you can follow any recipe to a T. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Whether it's a vintage Italian coupe that's classic like grandma's meatballs or a German luxury car that's as complicated as Oma's Rouladen. To cook up something great in the garage, use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm sorry, I can't operate on that vehicle. But, Doctor, you took an oath. That RV, it's my son's RV. Oh, Doctor, isn't there anything you can do? I'm not a miracle worker, Sheila. I'm an RV surgeon, trained to save the lives of large injured recreational vehicles, which is definitely a real profession. When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms. You know, 5-2-3, but if necessary, I suppose, a 5-3-2 at Reading, try and control the game, keep the ball, frustrate the home fans. I mean, Reading seems to be kind of pulling themselves away from relegation. Derby keep losing games at the moment, and I think that's doing them the world of good for Reading in this case. Obviously, Paul Lynch in, in charge there. Personally, I don't think I've seen a lot of Paul Lynch in his magical career, obviously, back then, eight years ago. I'm not expecting anything magical from Reading, to be honest. But, I mean, you was on a Reading podcast not long ago earlier this, this evening. Are they excited for the game? Did you get any impressions of what they're expecting for Saturday? Um, you know, his, his overall feeling was very much he he felt nervous for the game. Um, mm. I think that was probably I think that's probably the overall Reading feeling towards the game towards the game really. Obviously, with with us being on such a good run, but as I said to him, with us being on such a good run, that that worries me even more. Um, when it comes to a game like this, uh, but hopefully we can be the the, the new the, the the new Millwall almost because obviously old Millwall would would tend to you know mess this up but that's obviously me being a Millwall fan for well what is six it's fifteen years it's quite a long time not as long as uh, some other my especially my granddad my granddad's been a, but he even says the same himself you know that he he thinks this could be the game that that that, that ruins it for us and we're well, not ruins it for us but we we lose and you know we we mess it up on but I I think we could we could win this and hopefully we do yeah definitely I mean. I'm confident. I am confident. Hopefully we can, um, you know, go into the game, like I said, and just kind of throw caution to the winds and just play on the front foot, more importantly. Um, and I think we've been doing that the last four games. I see no reason why it won't change. I'll give you my team um, whilst you're doing something that I requested on text. Uh, I think it'd be Bartley Wilkowski in goal. I expect it to be Wallace, Cooper and Daniel Ballard at right centre-half. Danny Mack, right wing back. Scott Malone, left wing back. I think it'll be a midfield three. I'm going to go Mitchell, Savile and Evans. And I think it'd be a front two of Bury and Wallace. What do you reckon, mate? Okay, I've tr- tried to change it now. So we'll see what happens with the... Much better, much I better. I took these AirPods out because they were making a noise. There was there was something going on and then I've gone to the MacBook and it's still, it's, that's still making a noise as well. Uh, so I've changed it now, so it should be all right. But I'm going to go for... No, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a three attackers, I reckon. I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for Barton goal, Danny... I was about to say Hutch there. Ballard, Murray Wallace, Coops, Malone. It's habit to say Hutch. It's, it's habit, habit to say Hutch. Coops all the time. Um, Savile and Billy in the middle. And I'll go for Jed, Benick and uh, Tyler Beer up top. Nice. I, I just think I, I'll, be, I'll be pleased to see Benick Phoebe start on Saturday. But I think he'll have an eye on on Tuesday at Blackburn as well. And I think he'll be thinking, 
is a phobia 100 yet maybe we just need to ease him back into the fold and maybe you know if the game's in the balance half hour to go i think phobia would be a good sub to bring on i, f- I do feel like the last couple of games you know lovelace came on on saturday and done you know really well kind of trying to get the ball held up in the corner towards the end of the game i do feel like when it's half hour to go and the game could be in the balance you might want someone like a phobia on the bench to bring on but we'll have to wait and see um we won't do any parts today we'll go straight into the next topic of conversation mate and that is according to aldo Alex Aldridge, ex South London Press fame, maybe a guideline for you to follow once upon a time, mate, <laughs> here, Kai. Um, obviously, with you doing your little venture into South London Press uh, match reports and like minute by minute tweeting and uh, all that stuff you're doing on the journalism side. He's returned to the den, mate, after a two year stint in Stoke as director of football slash director of recruitment, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what's your initial thoughts on that, pal? Um, I, think, I think you've called it straight away. I think you called it a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? When you said you did, yeah. director of football, um, but no, I think I think it's good. I think it's good that we've got a director of football. Um, obviously, you know he made some pretty um, pretty good signings last time he was here. We've obviously Jed, um, Coops, Hutch coming in. Even I think even Bart when he was still or came in when he was still here. Um, obviously disappointing with some other signings like Bob Varson. You know Mahoney hasn't really got going, but you know I do think there's a player in there somewhere. Um, but players like Bob Varson's the one. That, that I'm disappointed with. And he's made a couple of, you know, signs like that that think, oh, that's a bit dodgy. Um, but obviously, Harvey Bustle's left and the, the quote uh, to, to to Rich and South London Press was, it was a club decision, mm-hmm. um, which is quite a it's, a, it's a, it's obviously only a couple words, but it, it almost, you know, it gives you... A sour taste in the mouth. Yeah, it does. It gives you like a bit of a thing where you go, oh, I wonder, I wonder what's happened there, or, you know. And I think, no, I, th- I think... Him coming back in the director of football, I think that's a good thing. Head of recruitment, obviously, he's got a couple more years under his uh, a bit of experience now. And hopefully, he can put that into to action with 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 bringing players in. Hopefully, it'll be a good a good appointment. But obviously, only time will tell. They've merged the two roles, so it's director of football operations and recruitment. I'll read the statement. Um, I'll also read the quotes from Berylson in particular. He goes, so Lions chairman John Berylson told MillFC.co.uk, we're excited to welcome Alex back to Mill, a club he knows inside out from his extensive experience as part of our recruitment processes in the past. He has extensive expertise in a variety of areas and comes back to us with real commitment and drive to take, help take the club forward on and off the pitch. I previously mentioned I previously mentioned that this summer was a big one in terms of recruitment and Alex will get straight to work alongside Gary and the first team management in order to ensure it's as productive and successful as possible for both the now and for the future. Audrey said, I'm delighted to be rejoining Millwall and will work tirelessly in my new role to support Gary, Steve and the board in achieving the long club's long-term objectives. It's been, it has been evident from our recent discussions that we have shared ambitions to drive the club forward in a number of areas and I'm very much looking forward to the challenge. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's all like everyone seems quite happy about it in turning at the club. I, I agree with you on the Harvey Bustle one, but we'll pile that to the side just for a minute. Um, Kavanaugh also done a statement today announcing about season ticket price being frozen, which I'm really chuffed about. And I think it's probably something I'll park to the side and leave till Mickey's back because, you know, getting club issues and talking to Mickey, I think it's probably um, an interesting one, obviously, and a good topic of conversation there. But he also referred to Alex and said about, you know, the long-term vision of the club and the long-term process they want to try to go down here, Kai. And you're right, and obviously you've mentioned that I've mentioned it before in numerous podcasts where there's a lot of faith in the manager. The manager picks his players, he gets his shortlist, it feels like, um, from the recruitment, but the manager gets the final say. Maybe this might be a start of moving towards the more modern kind of style of recruitment in the Premier League Championship now. 
um, and maybe less of an emphasis on what the manager wants, but working with what the manager wants, but also what the club has long-term vision because, you know, once the manager goes, there's often a two or three window period where he upheavals the squad, changes it to what he wants. Whereas if you've got a consistency of what Millwall want as a club, then hopefully that kind of helps aid the process of when a manager leaves, a new one comes in and works with the players. Yeah, I think that can only be a good thing. And also, I picked up on a bit what Berylson said. Um, obviously, he said that, you know, this one, this summer's going to be a big one. I think, did he, is it right in saying that he said he's going to work with Gary, uh, Alex, uh, Alex and Gary will work together to make it as productive as possible? He said that. And Steve as well, yeah. Steve. So that, that sort of tells me that potentially Gary will be here next season if he said that. Because mm-hmm. obviously, you know, they're not going to work together in the summer if you wouldn't, unless obviously something dramatic happens in the next, what, 12 games um, and, he, and he goes. But, you know, there's obviously no reason why, why, why you know, there, there's been rumours that his contract was up and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, time will tell him what, 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 the, what the case is there. Um, but I think it's I think it's good. I think, um, you know, it shows that that statement shows that Berylson's got a lot of trust in him. Um but well, yeah, as I said before, only time will be able to tell whether that whether it whether it works or not. But I think, as you said, I think it's good that we're moving forward a bit more modern rather than the old way. I know reading through like um, Twitter and like the reaction to it a lot, it, a lot of people seem to be quite kind of mixed about Aldo returning. Obviously, he left us to go to Stoke, and I remember at the time Rowett done an interview saying he was quite surprised to see him go, didn't see it coming, didn't expect it. So it's clear to see that you know it wasn't a decision a club decision like it is with Harvey Bustle for example where a club decision means he's gone and they've replaced him with someone else they want um again a strange one but again I'll probably leave that one for Sunday when Mickey's back but with Aldo he went to Stoke and I think I've, 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 I kind of searched his name and Stoke on Twitter and the, the manager Mike O'Neill was quite complimentary of him at times with the signings he helped A to bring to the club and I think a lot of people were wondering what he'd done at Stoke to then come back to Mill and I think the general consensus is that from Stoke fans anyway, not many of them are talking about it, but from what I saw, a lot of fans are quite shocked and surprised to see him come back to Mill. So I guess that's a good indication that, you know, we might have, you know, someone come up with good contacts in the game. And obviously, hopefully the shortlist that Stoke had planned for this summer, for example. Um, but it's interesting one that, you know, Stoke were quite sad to see him go. And O'Neill was quite complimentary of him whilst he was there as manager of his time as director of uh, football. Yeah, I think that's one something that I do as well when, when you sign a player, especially when obviously we've signed, uh, you know, more of a, uh, someone for the behind the scenes. But, you know, when you sign a player, you tend to look at their fans' reaction of whether whether they're sad to see him go. Mm-hmm. If they're sad to see him go, then it gives you a lot more confidence. Maybe, you know, we have got the right man here and, we you know, he's going to be good for us. Um, and maybe that experience at another club for, for Alex Aldridge, obviously, I think, am I right in saying, I know Mickey mentioned on the podcast, but I think he's a Millwall fan. Supposedly um, so. Yeah, he obviously yeah. used to do the journalist side as well. So he's he's obviously got really good knowledge with the club, hasn't he? So if you know if he if he is a Millwall fan, then you know maybe maybe Millwall was in his comfort zone as such because obviously Mill, being a Millwall fan, you feel comfortable with your own club. Um, and then obviously going to Stoke might have given that a bit more experience and that little bit more experience of working outside that comfort zone almost. And maybe he comes back to Millwall, you know, with a lot more with with more contacts, with more um, experience, with more knowledge of more football stuff, how he can. He can progress in stuff like that. Hopefully, that that would have done in the world of good. Yeah, definitely. I think um, he's obviously, you know, like I said, hopefully it's uh, you know, everyone's happy with the decision. It clearly, clearly seems that way. Um, and I think again, I can't really comment on his time at Mill beforehand either. Obviously, we know the players we signed whilst he was here, but you don't really know how much of his involvement is. But I do feel like with the announcement and you know, put his face all over it and stuff like that in this club statement, it does feel like it's a 
you know, here and now decision, but also one for the future where, you know, we can get behind him as the director of football operations and recruitment to try and, you know, drive a vision of what us as Mill fans want. And hopefully that is something that, you know, as we said, hopefully he's a fan or was a fan before and still is a fan. Um, and he should know clearly what Mill fans want and expect from their players. Yeah, definitely. He's only 28, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, if we if our injury crisis gets any worse up front, we could stick him up there. <laughs> 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 see what he's let's see what he's um he's running he get his get his boots on um now nah, but I think I think you're right there I think you summed it out well he I think he was the youngest ever head of recruitment wasn't he when he was twenty I think he was twenty three at the time I think so yeah um, so you know he's obviously done well to get into that position so hopefully you know he'll, he'll come out obviously come back from Stoke and you know hopefully that's that's only that's only helped him definitely I think um just to obviously go back to the Stoke stuff. Um, he was name checked for the main kind of role to play in the Mar- Mario Frankic signing, and obviously, you know, Frankic is quite a key player for them. And was at uh, Norwich City before. It'd be interesting to, you know, because obviously at Stoke, I imagine he had a bigger budget to work with. I imagine they have bigger kind of, you know, transfer budgets in the summer. Um, but obviously, with the intent from the club and what Berylson's saying, he's he's obviously hit home again in his statement from when Aldo's come back. It, obviously, there seems to be maybe a war chest looming that hopefully we can spend wisely and recruit wisely because we all know about the summer that's coming up with all the players that are contracts. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, I think it's key to have someone in that, that knows the club um, mm-hmm. for a big summer like it is. Obviously we had it on Chopper, didn't we? Where a lot, there was a lot of players out and, you know, contracts and stuff. We cleared a lot, a lot of their wood out and we brought a lot of, a lot of players in that summer. And I think it's important for this summer when we do have a lot of players out of contract, obviously, so we don't know if all of them will go or not. Hopefully, players will sign new contracts, the ones that we want and stuff. Obviously, the one that I'm talking about there is Jed, who's yeah, one, isn't he? Um, but you know, there will still be players going any, regardless of if Jed stays or regardless if Keith and Bell stays, like that. So, hopefully, he, his knowledge of the club and his uh, you know, good, good uh, partnership with the club and everything works well in there. Hopefully, he can bring some, some good players and help Gary bring some good players in there if Gary's obviously still there. If it's a new manager, hopefully, you know, the, just the club can bring some good players in. Yeah, bang on. I agree with you there completely, mate. Um, lastly, did you see that Tyler Bury was linked with Brentford? And, I mean, who knows? But what I wanted to pick up on that was is it could be complete paper talk and, you know, absolutely turd of the story in the first place. But, obviously, he scored two goals in two games in the Championship. And then, obviously, now it's, what, two in, three starts. It just shows that if you produce youngsters that can play in the side... Even though it could be paper talk and there might not be a general interest there, I guarantee that the fact he scored two in three or two in two games in a row, it do- it does raise eyebrows, doesn't it, Kai? And I think, you know, scouts will be looking at that going, oh, who's this 21-year-old? Why have we not seen him before? Or maybe they want to know more about him because he's grabbing headlines. And I think it shows, maybe we'll talk about the vision for the club in the future. If you have youngsters playing the side that are good enough and you give them the opportunity to play and impress, it instantly puts a price tag on their head that, I'm not saying we should sell Bury. I don't want to sell him. That's not the point. But the point there is, is that you can create your own assets and then you can use that in the future for transfers and trying to invest in the club and hopefully try to bring us on as we all want to see and hope. No, I think I think that's right. And I think obviously, obviously his performances will always raise up. We'll always, you know, his performances have been so good recently that of course clubs will be interested. Um, you know, as Gary said, I think Gary said to, to Southampton Press the other day, um, I think, I think I read it. He said something like, you know, we we last week I said how fans, uh, how uh, clubs will be looking at Tyler, how we're, you know, clubs will be looking at Tyler now he's broken in. And then automatically there's a, there's a, there's, a, there's an article of it. He said, I think Gary was almost saying that it's a bit convenient almost and it's almost mm-hmm. like a bit of a, it could be paper talk. 
Um, and he sort of almost like shut it down rather than, um, you know, said any more about it. But obviously, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see players, you know, especially teams like Brentford looking at him um, because Brentford do like that young, you do like that model, don't they? Bringing in players who, you know, with, with, with plenty of potential and, 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 you know, giving them, trying to get the best, get the best out of them and get that potential out of them. Definitely. I think um, what was quite impressive in this article that Bury was saying is like, I don't focus on that. My focus is on Millwall, on me working hard, enjoying my time here and loving football. I want to keep learning new things. So all the other stuff on the outside, I just clear out my head. I know what I need to focus on, which is trying to start every week, playing well and doing my job on the pitch. The other stuff is not my focus. My only focus is on my football. And I think, you know, that's quite you know clear there. And obviously he name dropped Billy Mitchell and Danny Mack saying that's the motivation he's got there to work hard and train hard and work his way into the team and play like the homegrown talents, isn't it? So I think that's like, it's obviously he's got his head screwed on the right way, hasn't he, Kai? And even with Jed after the QPR game saying how happy he was for Bury and how he's a nice character, it seems to be that he's fitting right into the fold and hopefully that continues for the rest of the season. Yeah, fingers crossed. I think that's the that's the thing with the young players. It's always good to for almost like a senior player to take him under under their wing almost. And if if Jed's done that, it's only going to do him the world of good because obviously we know what Jed does for us on the on the on and off the pitch in terms mm-hmm. of quality, his performances and stuff. And you know he's so good. Jed's so good in the um, in the local community as well. Um, so you know that's only going to help a player like Tyler Bury. You know get that get that proper feeling of, of Millwall and, and, and learn and, and develop. And I think that there's no one better to to have almost give guide him than, than Jeb Wallace. Absolutely, mate. And lastly, what's your score prediction for Reading Millwall on Saturday, mate? 2-0. To Reading? Nah, good no. 2-0, Tyler Bury and Jeb Wallace. Interesting. You know, I've not been positive for a few shows when we do our predictions deliberately because, you know... It's, go 1-1, one, one, please. Should I go 1-1? One, one? Go 1-1 one, one because you, we've won every single one after that. So. All right, then. 1-1. One, one. There you go. What's I won't say it? what I really think. We're going to go 1-1. One, one. You, can, you, can, you can say what you really think. I'm just saying because we've done really well since you've gone 1-1. One, one. I think we're going to win 2-0 on Saturday as well. You know, yeah. What did I you do. say for Sheffield United? Did you say 1-1? One, one? Sorry? What did you say for Sheffield United? Uh, I think I said 1-1 one, one for Sheffield United as well. <laughs> All right, one one, one one, one one, one one. It's gonna be one one, but Joe Boyce is gonna score two. How about that? And it won't yeah, be an own goal. And they're not gonna score. Yeah, they're not gonna score either. So make it out what you will. <laughs> one one, but they're gonna score two, and they're not gonna score. So actually, that could be an own goal, and that could be a Jed own goal. Actually, no, that's what I'm saying. He's not gonna score an own goal, so it's fine. He's gonna score two goals in the red in net, and yeah. it's gonna be one one. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> we didn't really talk about Jed, but I feel like it's fitting to say it. Like. He's formed the last four games, mate, since he's come back in. He's, he's been key, hasn't he, to that side? And we all knew it. Some of us doubted his commitment. You know, well, not necessarily doubt his commitment. We all knew his commitment was dead to the club. But I did wonder when he was injured in January. He's not been injured throughout his whole middle career. You know, what's happened here? But he's put that to the side after the wing they're closed. And he's been crucial to the last four games, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been superb. He's been back to almost like the, the Jeff Wallace we know and love. Um, his commitment on and off the pitch is is commendable, and he, he works so hard. He works tirelessly in matches to, you know, to close players down, win the ball, and then when he does get on the ball, he shows that quality and that uh, determination to to do well for this for this football club. So yeah, it's really nice to have Jeb back, and hopefully um, he does well for us now from now to the end of the season, and hopefully you know we we get many more years out of him. And pending if he signs that contract or not, well, we can we can only have our fingers crossed on that one. We thought the right was on the wall in January, so let's say the right on the wall is for some as well. And hope for the be- oh, hope for plan for the worst, hope for the best. There you go. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> we've hit our closing point anyway on today's show guys if you're if you've enjoyed the show be sure to like the video subscribe if you're new and obviously check us out on our socials at that mill pods kai thank you for your time mate and hopefully saturday is a good day for us all no worries mate um just for mickey number 52 is the number nice like it <laughs> I, like it. <laughs> I like it right that's all from me as well omar and um thanks for tuning in guys and we'll catch you hopefully on monday for talking all things three points and progressive we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road that symphony of engines roaring in perfect harmony it's a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio until now hit it jerry oh my word really really terrible is that a glockenspiel jerry quote with progressive and see if you could save with america's number one motorcycle insurer progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates uh, no, no, Jerry, it's over. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.